All right, there we go on with the news. 28th of May, 2020. Not too much going on, but let's get to it. Before we do, uh, I just want to say I'm going to try to do more interviews, talk with more people, get some stuff done. Lately, with all this COVID nonsense, it's been a little harder to do, but I'm working on it, and I'm going to see what I can do. So, you know, Gats, Mats, you know, the Mid-American Truck Show, the Great American Truck Show, and now the one in, you know, the Iowa 80 have been all shut down, so... Those were all things I was looking forward to going to and doing some tape on. Apparently, uh, the Iowa 80 is going to be a virtual event. I don't know what that's going to be like. It's, I don't know, it's just not the same. So we'll see what happens. So anyway, here we go. Let's get on with the news. Keeping that hammer down all across the nation. Checking cities off his list. Sharing stories of the road right here on his station. You are listening to the Kingfish. Yes, you've tuned in to the Kingfish Radio Network. Mm. Expand your mind on the open road with Kingfish right here. All right. Thank you, Jeremiah Craig. And also thank you, Lulu Island. Apparently last week I said Cafe Lulu. Up the street from me is a restaurant called Cafe Lulu. It's a place we like to go to, so I got the two confused. I couldn't believe I did that. But uh, Lulu sent that to me. A few years back when we used to be on Anchor. And I just love the bird sounds and the way she said it. And when I combine her and Jeremiah's, it, it just sounds to me really good. If you want to check her out, just Google or in your uh, app of choice for podcasts. Just look up uh, Lulu Island. Uh, she's well worth listening to. And if you're a creative type, uh, that's probably more your style. You know, uh, when she starts interacting with people, that's when I think she's at her best. Creativity. 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 I'm not saying things right today. It's been a rough day. All right, so here we go. A family-owned grocery store in Virginia suffered major structural damage on Wednesday when it was struck by an out-of-control truck. The crash occurred on Wednesday morning in Orange County, Virginia. According to Virginia State Police, a semi-truck was southbound on the Blue Ridge Turnpike when it failed to stop for a stop sign and hit a dump truck that was traveling on Constitutional Highway. The crash sent the semi off the roadway into Somerset Center Store. The the dump truck also left the road and struck an unoccupied home. The dump truck driver was taken to the hospital for treatment of injuries and sustained in the crash. Two people inside the store were hit by the truck, but they were able to walk away without major injuries. The crash is still under investigation. You know, I'm looking at the photo for this thing, and it's just like, this photo is insane. This truck just wiped out this store. Just, uh, if you want to see the photo, go to CDL Life. That's where I got the article from, CDL Life. They do a great job. But, uh, oh my goodness, just insane. All right, let's get moving on. All right, it looks like the uh, FMCSA's new hours of service rules are going into effect in September. So, I don't know. I don't think it's really going to affect me too much. More people who are using split uh, sleeper birth options is going to affect them more often than anything else. So, if, if that affects you, 
you know, you might want to look into it more, but uh, I don't know. It's really not that big a deal for me. But, you know, no matter what happens, we'll always make it work, right? So September, here it comes. All right, here's another story from CDL Life. A Texas man could be facing a decade in federal prison after he admitted to attempting to smuggle millions of contraband cigarettes into Mexico. You know, I would have thought it was the other way around. I would have thought cigarettes from Mexico were coming into the U.S. What little do I know? I don't, maybe they got a big tax down there. I have no idea. It says 80-year-old Texas resident Jose Francisco Guara pled guilty to charges related to cigarette smuggling attempt, according to a 26 May news release from the U.S. Attorney's Office, Southern District of Texas. Guara owns and operates a custom brokering service called Victor M. Guara Incorporated of Hidalgo. I've never seen a movie once called Hidalgo with uh, Viggo Morgensen. Great movie. Anyway, the investigation into the cigarette smuggling scheme began on January 15, 2020, when police stopped the semi-truck calling approximately... 17 million cigarettes en route to a location in Mexico. I wonder how many cartons that is. You know, of course, they wouldn't say this is that many cartons or that this is that many, you know, packs. They say 17 million cigarettes because, well, that's quite a bit bigger number, isn't it? But I, I don't know how to process that. If they said, you know, I, I wouldn't know how much that is, probably a semi-truck full. But if they said so many cartons, I, at least I would have an idea how many pallets that was. Anyway, officers discovered that the shipping manifest had been falsified as to the vehicle's contents, and the cigarettes lacked the uh, ta the the Texas state uh, tax stamps. You know, on the bottom of a cigarette pack, there's a little uh, little stamp, you know, for each state it says you paid your taxes. Yeah, if you don't have one of those, ooh, could get a lot of trouble if you have much cigarettes. Investigators tracked the shipment of cigarettes to a warehouse in Hidalgo that was controlled and operated by Guergo. Guaro? I'm probably not saying the guy's name right. Investigators then learned that Guaro operated a second warehouse in McAllen. Both warehouses contained a total of 422,917 800 contraband cigarettes that were marked to shipment into Mexico. Once again, I'd like to see cartons or packs. The total number of seized contraband cigarettes and other equipment is estimated at approximately $88 million, federal authorities say. Guaro admitted to knowing this, uh, knowingly schemed to smuggle illegal cigarettes into Mexico and agreed to forfeit his custom broker's license, pay a fine, and forfeit his interest in the cigarettes and items seized from his warehouse. Guaro's sentencing date, is, sentencing date has not been set. He faces up to 10 years in federal prison and $250,000 fine. Wow. The investigation of the scheme was conducted by the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Homeland Security Investigations with assistance from the Texas Department of Public Safety. You know, that's a that's a lot of cigarettes. And like I said, I didn't, you know, does it, if anybody knows, you know, let me know, 414-666-1926. Uh, uh, Call and let me know if, um, you know, cigarettes are really expensive in Mexico. I literally have no idea. I'm kind of curious about that. If anybody knows, that'd be great to know. All right, but nobody ever calls me. Why don't you guys call me? All right, let's move on. All right. It looks like uh, there's a reality TV show called Highway Through Hell. I personally have never seen it. Um, I need to see the life. And apparently a popular figure on a reality television series, Highway Through Hell, passed away over the weekend. Ken Mo uh, Monkhouse, also known as Monkey on Highway Through Hell, died on May 24th from a heart attack, according to Jamie Davis Towing. Ken Monkhouse, an amazing guy, and uh, 
It wasn't that old, so rest in peace, dude. Uh, yeah, I just watched a clip of him and uh, seemed like a decent fellow. So rest in peace, Ken Monkhouse. All right, let's move on. All right, this one's rather bizarre. This is the kind of thing that, you know, we expect from America these days. And, and you know, thank goodness it was the Canadians for once. You know, they're so friendly and cuddly that, uh, you know, you they, they can do no wrong, right? Trust me, they're not as friendly. I've been yelled at. First time I went up to Canada, I went up there and I was winning. I woke up in a sleeper. I didn't even know we were in Canada. I went into a Wendy's and I gave him some, I gave her a 20, the girl at the counter. And uh, it was back in the day when they had to grill stuff, pita, so that tells you, this was like 20 years ago. Anyway, she gives me back a bunch of coins, because I was running with Andy at the time, and I don't know where Andy went, he was probably walking around or something, or getting a burger or something somewhere else. But anyway, she gives me back all these coins, and I'm like, well, what the hell is this? And she goes, it's good money, and I go, yeah, good Monopoly money. I said, you got any real money? And, you know, there was a couple of paper, you know, dollars. They look like Monopoly money to me. And she goes, um, those are good Canadian dollars. What's your problem or something like that? And uh, she got really upset about it. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize it was in Canada. I had no clue. And I had no idea you had a $2 coin. Yeah, they get a lot of coins up there. They're real big on the coins. So anyway, yeah, Canadians are not that friendly. So... That being said, this is about the tow truck wars up in Toronto. All right, this is CDL Life also. Just go to CDL Life, you'll see the story. It says here, authorities have issued hundreds, hundreds of charges related to an investigation into escalating violence between rival tow truck companies in the uh, Toronto area. On May 26, Canadian authorities announced that they had arrested 19 people as part of a multiple agency investigation called Project Platinum in organized crime within the two... Uh, within the tow industry in the greater Toronto area. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, you know, there's murders, uh, you know, trucks being burnt, you know. These guys are going crazy. So here are the, here's the things, uh, the, you know, the authorities, they raided these companies. They got uh, 11 tow trucks, firearms. They got 16 handguns, 13 shotguns, 9 rifles, 1 machine gun, 1 air pistol, Converted to a twenty caliber, twenty-two caliber pistol, one sawed-off shotgun, and three high-capacity drum magazines. For ammunition, they had thousands of rounds of various calibers. Weapons, they had two conductive energy weapons, brass knuckles, I guess, are conductive energy weapons. For drugs, they had five milligrams of fentanyl, one and one and a half grams of cocaine, one point two five kilograms of crystal meth, ugh, and one point five kilograms of cannabis. Currency more than five hundred thousand dollars. I'm looking at the pistols. Looks like a lot of revolvers. Looks like an old West shootout. So anyway, if you're up in Toronto, try not to call a tow truck, I guess, until they straighten this out. But apparently, they they released the you know they changed the laws, relaxed them, organized crime moved in, and now the place is a madhouse. You know, with fire bombings and all kinds of other stuff. So. Usually you think of like 1940s America, 1950s America, or stuff like that. You don't think of Canada for all sakes. But sometimes that's just the way it goes. All right, let's get moving on. Well, just when you think you've seen it all, this one's uh, kind of hits close to home. This is just up the street from me, literally up the street. Apparently on May 21st, a dump truck in New Milwaukee. It's on the south side of the airport, Milwaukee airport. He had the bed up and he ran right into the overpass. 
Well, unfortunately, the overpass is also part of the as part of the landing, uh, the runway. You know, it's the over rank length uh, runway. So I'm sure they're going to be doing a lot of work on that. I didn't see anything going on when I went by there, so I go by there at least a couple times a week. I'll be driving by there in about an hour. So if you run into a dump truck, please make sure you put your bed down. Driver didn't, and he ran right into the basically the freeway, overpass, freeway, whatever, or uh, runway, whatever you want to call it. But uh, uh, unbelievable. You can find that on CDL Life. Uh, just <laughs> unbelievable. It's just damage driver. Some of the things you see. Yeah, it looks like Garmin's come out with some new uh, GPSs. Uh, 7, 8, and 10 inch. You know, I don't know why you'd need a 10 inch GPS. I got the 7, it's plenty big enough. I've had it for a while, but uh, there's some new updates. Check it out if you're interested and you're looking for a new one. Uh, you know, 10 inch, that just seems like it takes up too much real estate in the truck to me, but hey, teach their own, right? All right, moving on. Well, up in Canada, I'm done with the trucking news. Up in Canada, they did a, a survey, and it seems like uh, more people are going to be picking up the RVs this year and doing their camping that way to stay at hotels and such. I don't know. You know, I'm kind of mixed feelings about this one because, you know, a bunch of people that never drove big vehicles like that before all on the road at the same time, I'm not so excited about, oh, it's going to be a fun summer. Oh, the places they will go. And the accidents we will see. Hopefully not. All right. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Let's move on. All right. Here's a big one. All right. Harbor Freight. Uh, they've recalled some jack stands. Okay. Now, here's the deal. If you own the jack stands, uh, the Pittsburgh Automotive 3 ton and 6 ton heavy duty steel jack stands are the affected products. Uh, they may disengage from the lifting post if the weights shift, allowing the post to drop. All right, so if you own uh, either one of these jack stands, the model numbers are 61196 and 61197. Uh, the stands can be identified by checking the item number found on the yellow part of the label on the base of each jack stand. The 56371 jack stands can be identified by checking the item number found on the label at the top of each jack stand. So there's two different styles. Harbor Freight, Harbor Freight reports that it learned of the issue in a China-made product in January, and that a fault is likely due to the machine tooling used to make the stands become more worn out over time. All right, so Harbor Freight believes only the most recently produced stands are affected, but it is recalling all 454,000 that were manufactured between June 13, 2013, and November 22, 2019. All right, it has not been reported if there are any injuries in relation to this issue. The company said, has it become a full review of all the jack stands it sells? Owners of the products can return them to Harbor Freight in exchange for a gift card of their full price. So if you have one of these jack stands that could kill you, take it back to Harbor Freight and get an exchange. And uh, buy something else. New flashlights, gloves, whatever it is you need. You know, they have all kinds of stuff. There's always something there I like. It's like a little toy store. So, anyway, that's not an endorsement. That really was a recall. So, if you get the jack stands, remember it's uh, it's two different jack stands, but three different model numbers. It's uh, 56371, and the second one is 61196 and 61197. So, anyway, if you have those, go check them out. Well, here's something a little crazy. Over in Sanford, Michigan, 
they had some flooding and well the dam broke and the dam rushed through the town and they took out the Fiero Museum Forever Fieros the the, the Pontiacs and they made them like 84, 85, 86 I, I don't remember the full years personally myself I never really cared for but this guy had 20 of them and uh, the flood scattered them throughout town and, uh, of course the guy you know Tim uh, Tim Evans apparently uh, the owner of all these apparently he was going to retire sell his collection and uh, wow he had a total of 40 of them, but he can't find 20 of them, and they're still scattered all over the place. That's amazing. Oh, well. What a strange car to collect. But everybody, everybody's got their thing. All right. Let's move on. Okay. You know, there's, there always seems to be one of these type of articles. And uh, Pretected reveals the most popular cars in America for 2020. All right. Here we go. You ready for this? Let's see. Number 10. The GMC uh, SUV, uh, the crossover in the Sierra, the Jeep, the Jeep Cherokee, very popular Kia, Kia really, Kia Motors, South Korea, wow, uh, Hyundai, number seven, Dodge, well at least Dodge beat Hyundai and Kia, Honda, Accord is the second most popular car in America, being dependable and sturdy, yeah, I guess those things are all over the place, Nissan, Producing the fourth place in America's most popular car list, the Nissan Altima. Toyota, the second most uh, popular Toyota models in America this year, the Camry and Corolla. Yeah, Camrys, was when they first came out, they were tanks, little little excellent fuel-efficient things. Ford, the F-150, Ford Focus, Ford Fusion are the most popular Ford models in America this year. Uh, well, that's kind of about the only ones they have left other than the Mustang. They get rid of a lot of their stops, other stuff. Yeah, they really butchered their offerings. And then number one, Chevrolet. The Chevy Silverado is the most popular model from Chevrolet for 2020. Mm, I don't know. These things always tend to be a little skewed. Who knows what the deal is. All right. That's what they report. I just got the press release. Do I agree with it? No, nah, I don't know. I'm more of a Ford guy. I'm a Ford Mustang guy myself. When I got to drive a car, but then it's Freightliner the rest of the week, but... Yeah, I don't know. Well, just everybody's got their picks, I guess. All right, here's a interesting article. Six cities with unique public transportation. Uh, this is put up by the Discoverer blog. They got some neat stuff up there once in a while. I'm not sure how I got subscribed to this, but anyway, here's uh, La Paz, Bolivia. I don't think I'm ever going to go there, but apparently they have this great. I'm looking at the pictures. This great gondola trolley system and the unique cable car system serves the la paz alto metropolitan area and opened in 2014 the unique system provides easier access to all ends of the city which used to require lengthy walks or traffic field drives through winding roads and sharp inclines uh, cable pass is inexpensive starting at 43 cents and the gondola arrives every 12 seconds wow uh, the cable car system is the highest in the world and has panoramic views of the snow-covered Andes, including the 21,122-foot Mount Ilimani. You know what? I think I, you know, I don't know. I'm not a heights guy, so I think I'll pass. All right, number two, you know, interesting, you know, city transportation systems, I guess. I don't know how you want to word it. Anyway, water taxis, Venice, Italy. All right, when the city is built in a lagoon, it's no wonder most of the popular forms of transportation are by water. 
you know, I'm looking at this. Uh, it's pretty cool. Venice. Always wanted to go there. Maybe someday. Oh, how am I going to say this one? Havana, Cuba. Coco Taxi. These things look like something out of some Roger Rabbit or something. Busy Cuban towns like Havana, Veradero, and Trinidad have come up with a fun and more efficient way to transport both locals and tourists. The compact Coco Taxis are tricycle-like vehicles that are pedaled by a driver and have room for two or three riders in the back. Hmm. Usually a small motor is attached to the taxi for at its speed. These vehicles are typically bright yellow and round. And in reference to a coconut, rates start at about one Cuban convertible peso, making them less expensive than a regular taxi if you don't mind an open-air ride. Hmm. Oh, be aware that travel warnings have been posted about these taxis due to safety issues. As always, check the safety. Basically, you could get hurt if you take these things, but they look pretty cool. Hmm. I don't know about this one. Okay, Madeira, Portugal. Portugal, toboggans. Uh, what am I looking at? I'm looking at like this wicker basket on sleds, and I and people pushing this thing down this paved road or pathway, I guess. But Dara proves that toboggans are not only for snowy days or Olympic athletes on the small subtropical island chain off the northwestern east of Africa. Riders can quickly travel downhill from Monte to Funchal on one of these fun sleds. This mode of transportation first appeared around 1850 on the islands due to its rugged volcanic terrain with high cliffs and steep hills. Today, the, the toboggans are widely used by tourists wanting to try something new. The wicker seats for two are mounted onto wooden runners, allowing them to reach speeds of nearly 30 miles per hour while being steered with a cane by two attendants. Hmm. Wearing traditional garb. Don't worry if you need to travel uphill to Monte. A modern cable car can take you. Uh, seems a little strange to me, but eh, I don't know. I don't know about this one. Oh, this one looks really cool. Uh, suspended monorail. Yeah, I like this one. It's a monorail, but it's suspended from underneath. It looks really cool. This is in Wuppertal, Germany. Believe the mo believed to be the most elect. Oh, be the most believed to be the oldest electric and elevated railway with hanging cars in the world. The Wupperwell, oh, I'm not even going to try to say it, is a suspended monorail system in western Germany town of Wuppertal. Probably not saying that right either. Wuppertal. Is that how you say it in German? Wuppertal. I can't do it. Anyway, the monorail first opened in 1901 and remains a stable in public transportation in the area today, moving millions of people annually. The 8.3 track runs parallel to the river Wupper. Wupper? W-P-P-E-R. At about 37 miles per hour with service to 20 stations. Apart from taking in the view, tourists in the area could take aim in the... In the word I can't say. Oh, Kaiser Wagon. Take aim to ride in the Kaiser Wagon. A famous red carriage that still makes frequent trips. Emperor Kaiser Wilhelm and Empress Augusta Victoria once rode through the Whooper Valley in this carriage. Onboard riders can find attendants in, in uh, period costumes. Plus the polter seats plush upholstered seats gold colored curtains and more authentic uh, decor i should have drank some water besides transporting uh the public every day this monorail remains an important historical landmark for locals and visitors alike you know what i would love to ride that thing i wonder what the stations look like this is just amazing and now we go ha hanoi vietnam this one you've seen you know this is the the tricycle with the two wheels in the front and the one wheel in the back. 
I guess they call these things cyclos. Uh, cyclo is a history dating back to the French colonial period. Vietnam became popular after the country's failed attempts at other modes of transportation. The tricycle-like taxi allows for two riders to squeeze onto the back while the driver pedals. Well, I don't see how that works, but the compact design works well in the busy streets of Hanoi and Ho Chi Minh City. Unfortunately for the cyclists and their drivers, the once popular mode of transportation is being phased out by regular taxis, price drops, and cyclo safety concerns. Hmm. I mean, you know, how, how many of those, how many trips can you take a day with those and not be worn out? You know what I mean? Seems like that would kind of wear you out. I don't know. It just seems like it would. At least it would me anyway. All right. So anyway, let's see what else we got here. All right, let's get moving on. All right, let's get on with press releases. Looks like UPS delivers a five millionth meal to rural, rural students and their families impacted by novel coronavirus crisis. Uh, UPS, a global leader in logistics, of course you are, in partnership with McLean Global, leading food and logistics company, today announced the delivery of the five millionth meal through the Emergency Meals to You program, designed to deliver shelf-stable, nutritious meals to students in rural areas of the country. Uh, wow, that's pretty good. They did all that in uh, five weeks. Yeah, good for you, UPS. Where to step up to the plate? Uh, let's see. Uh, motor coach drivers from all 50 states plan their departure for Washington. Rolling rally drivers available for interviews. Uh, if you want to look in, you know, just look up motor coach drivers rally, and you know, I'm sure you'll find something interesting there. Uh, but let's see what else we can find. Nope, nothing there. All right, that's it. That's it for the week. All right, I had to get some water. I lost it there. All right, that's all I got for this week. Now, more coronavirus stuff. Things are starting to open up. Uh, it sounds like cases are going up. I don't know. The, you know, this is really weird. It's like, you know, the, the, the corona thing is uh, going to be with us for a little while, unfortunately, and things are starting to open up. And you're seeing in the news reports that the number of rates, you know, we're over 100,000 now. Uh, people died from this thing. And, you know, the infected rate has gone up quite a bit. And people are saying that, you know, this shows this is serious. And there's another group that says, well, you know, if we didn't test so many people, we wouldn't have such high numbers. And it's the testing that's the problem. And I'm a little confused by that thinking. It's like... You know, if you have it, you know, you want to stay away from people that are, you know, that are infected and or not affected. You know, you, you, you could get this thing and not get sick. So I would think that you would want to know that you were infected. Um, the numbers of people infected go up because we did test them. That is true. And that's how we know that they were infected. But they didn't, you know... They were infected, I guess is what I'm trying to say. They got infected, and now we know they were infected. So if we didn't know they were infected, would that make it better? I, I don't know. I'm a little vague, and I don't know how to word this because it's so insane to me. Um, you know, if, if I got a, you know, uh, checked and I had the stuff and it wasn't really doing anything for me, I'd make sure I stayed away from everybody and I didn't spread it and, you know, that kind of thing. So I don't know. I just think the more we know, the better off we are. Uh, the reality of the situation I don't know I don't believe in all the conspiracy theory stuff 
you know, then what's the point? Uh, I just think it's all crazy. But hopefully we'll get through this. It's a, it's a virus. We'll get through this. Everything will be back to normal. Um, do I take the coronavirus seriously? Yes. Do I care that, you know, uh, when it comes to the flu, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying these things right. But when it comes to the flu or the number of people who died in abortions or car wrecks or gun violence, I really don't give a damn. I mean, I'm not saying I don't give a damn about these people. I'm saying that those numbers have nothing to do with the coronavirus thing, okay? You know, those are all separate issues. We can attack them separately, you know, or deal with them separately. But, you know, uh, the fact that there's a bunch of car accidents does not justify the coronavirus thing at all. So stay safe, stay out of trouble, try not to catch the virus, and uh, do what you can. Because most drivers, we fall into the uh, older category, 50s, 60s, 70s, and, you know, we got to play it safe out there. Play it safe. Just wear the stupid mask and, you know, protect yourself. It's not a big deal. Previous generations went to war and fought for us, and many people died doing that. All this generation's has to do is wear a mask and staying home and not spreading a virus I think we can do that alright sorry about fumbling there towards the end but I don't know I just don't know how to say it it's just so shocking alright talk to you all later Kingfish out